All right, how many of you are ready for part two of this sermon series? How many of you, how many of you, how many of you know the name of this sermon series? Say it, say it. Wait for it. All right. Somebody's been listening. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't catch last week, if you weren't here for last week's sermon, I invite you to go online, check it out. We're in a series called Wait For It. And um, you have to say it like that too. You can't just say wait for it. You have to say wait for it, right? Because what, 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 what we mean by this, we mean wait with anticipation, Wait with expectation that something is going to happen. Now, uh, not only is this an Advent season and, and it's a time when Christians all around the world are, are meditating on the waiting uh, for Christ's coming, waiting uh, for him to come in the flesh as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, waiting for him to come and, and, uh, and, and be in our hearts and live in our hearts, waiting for him to return in glory. So, so that's all part of the Advent season. But the other reason we, we wanted to do this sermon series right now is because all of us are in periods of waiting, and waiting is hard. Waiting is not fun. I mean, how many of you just love waiting? You just, you just love it. You love it. Okay, right. None of us love waiting. It's just not something that is that enjoyable. In fact, different researchers have tried to figure out how much time we spend, on average, waiting for things. Because all, we all spend more time waiting for stuff than we even think. In fact, here's some stats for you. I think you'll enjoy these. Look at this. We spend about seven minutes waiting for coffee whenever we go in to get coffee. Now, I know Starbucks is tightening that up a little bit, so we, we might be down to six to five minutes. Something. But we spend an average of seven minutes. Fifteen minutes waiting for a table at a restaurant at each restaurant uh, at each visit, unless it's, you know, McDonald's and you just go grab your seat. No problem. Uh, Twenty. This, this was interesting to me. Twenty-one minutes waiting for a significant other to get ready to leave. Now, I actually started crunching some numbers on this. And, um, and actually, <laughs> somebody said, be careful, Pastor. Uh, no, I'll be careful. I'll be real careful. Um, see, if it's 21 minutes per person on average, we know that one person is not doing the waiting and the other person is doing all the waiting. So I think technically this is one person waiting zero minutes and the other person waiting 42 minutes. Am I right? Or am I, I'm not great at math, but that's kind of my thing. Um, but let me tell you guys, this is a free marital tip for all you guys who are in relationships. Guys, wait for it. All right. Okay. That's your, that was free. 21 minutes for a significant other. Okay. 28 minutes in security lines each time some, you know, we travel. 32 minutes to be seen by a doctor at each visit. This was interesting. 42 hours annually in traffic, 42 hours in traffic. And for, you know, in some parts of the country, that's a lot more. Then this was interesting. In your lifetime, you will spend 43 days on hold waiting for customer service. Just waiting. Wait for it. Wait for it. Um, and then there's always that really obnoxious music that plays in the background. Um, but we're, we're, we're titling this sermon, Wait For It, because... Because actually in that phrase is a deeply biblical, a deeply theologic, theological idea, which is when we wait, we wait with anticipation. We wait with eagerness. We wait with expectation. In fact, uh, it's become a meme, this phrase, wait for it. It's become a meme online. You can go on. There are dozens of videos on YouTube and that, that, that are titled, 
titled Wait For It. And you know that when you see one of those videos, it's going to be like either a long, boring part or a very repetitious part. But, you know, you got to wait for it because it's going to be worth it at the end. Something important is going to happen. Something exciting is going to happen. But you got to wait for it. And then last week, if you were here, you know I showed you a little Wait For It video. Did you like that video? You guys want to see another one? Just another quick one? All right. All right. I got one more. Let's see this. Snap. There's only three men rushing for Millsaps. Barmore throws it over the middle, complete to Thompson. Thompson looking for a block. He laterals it to Curry, and Curry laterals it again. Wait and for it. caught again, and Tomlin now on the lateral. And Wait now for the it. lateral to Thompson, and he laterals it back to Maddox on the other side. Maddox looking for a block. He fakes the, Wait fakes for it. the lateral to Curry. Now he laterals it to Curry. Curry's at the 49-yard line. He's dancing around. He throws it back now to Maddox, who throws it across the field to Barmore. Barmore <laughs> For it. Run. He's looking for a block. He's got a convoy. He's going to throw it to Thompson. Thompson's at the 30-yard line. Thompson now laterals it back to Curry at the 35. They're running out of spaces. Curry oh, fakes. Wait for He's it. He's going to lateral it go, to Tomlin. Tomlin's got a chance to go. Tomlin's nope, got a nope, chance to go. He laterals it. it. Now it's going to go to Maddox. Maddox at the 30-yard line. And now... Oh. It's a lateral, and Curry's still going. Oh, wait wait for it. Okay, there it is. Come on, somebody. Woo! Man, is your heart pounding like my heart's pounding right now? <laughs> if you can see your faces, first of all, everybody's smiling. You're excited. You were waiting, but you were waiting with expectation. You were waiting with anticipation. You were waiting with faith that something was going to happen, right? What if we just waited like that in our normal life? You know, you're just waiting for the Lord to answer your prayer, and you're like, I know you're going to answer it, right? Huh? Right? Wait for it. You know, we spend time. We spend not just the little stuff. We spend time waiting on God for big things. Some of us are waiting to graduate. Some of us are waiting to find our purpose in life. Some of us are waiting for that career or that job that we know is the one that we want to get and that would be rewarding and fulfilling for us. Some of us are waiting to start a business. Some of us are waiting for someone to love us and to find somebody to love. Some of us are waiting for a child. Some of us are, are, are waiting to retire. Some of us are waiting for grandchildren. Some of us are waiting for, a lot of us are waiting for God to answer prayers for somebody else. God, answer my prayers for my child. Answer my prayers for our family. Answer, answer my prayers, Lord, for my wife, for my husband. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And the scripture is teaching us this concept, wait with expectation, wait with anticipation. In fact, last week we looked at the scripture from the prophet Isaiah. He, he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Remember that? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll, they'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And this week as I was meditating on this scripture, I, I, I'm thinking, Lord, how do, we, how do we renew our strength through waiting? Because waiting can often be an exhausting experience. Not an exhilarating experience, an exhausting experience. Not an empowering experience. It's exhausting to wait. It's excruciating to wait. So how is it that they that wait will build their strength? And if you remember last week, we drilled down on this word wait a little bit. The word is actually kavah in the Hebrew. And it means to wait eagerly, to wait with anticipation, to, to lie and wait. You're, you're crouched and waiting. You're ready to wait. You're, you're, you're so prepared that something is going to happen. You're so confident that something has happened is that you're going to is that you're going to wait for it with anticipation, with expectation, with hope, with confidence, with faith. You're going to wait for it. 
and you're going to wait for it. So today, I wanted, this whole week, I'm like, okay, God, help me understand how, how is our strength renewed in waiting? Because that's a bold statement. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How is our strength renewed through waiting? How does that happen, God? So today I want to spend just a few minutes on the subject, patience is power. Patience is power. Now, when, when I told my wife the title of my sermon this week, she said, are you sure that you're the right person to preach a sermon on patience is power? Because patience is not my spiritual gift, you know? And so, some of you, some of you, if you were willing to admit it, it's not your spiritual gift either. You like things to move quickly. You like to make an, a decision, execute on the decision. The result is already there. It's just happening. It's in the flow. But God is saying to some of us, wait for it. You got to wait for it because there's actually power in patience. They, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And as I was praying about it and studying this week, I'm thinking, all right, so Lord, you need to, you need to help me understand this concept personally, just for my own personal life, without respect to me preaching about it, just for me personally, help me to understand, and then help me to be able to convey it to your people. And, and I came across a verse that I've seen probably 10 billion times, but it's never hit me the way it hit me this week. It's a, it's a verse from Romans chapter 12. It's a very short verse. It says this, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And I want to focus on this clause patient in affliction, all right? And I need you to travel down a little path with me. I'm going to take you somewhere, and we're going to get somewhere, but I need you to roll with me for a minute. When the Apostle Paul uses the word patient, he's actually using a Greek word. He's writing in the Greek, and the word that he's using is two words put together. The first part of it is hupo. The second part of it is meno, hupo meno. Hupo means under, okay? Hupo, under. Meno means stay. So when he says be patient, he's saying stay under it. Stay under it. Tell somebody, stay under it. All right, stay with me. Stay with me under it, okay? Stay under it. Then the second word he has up here is affliction. And if, the, if you translate that word literally, it means pressure. It's the word that means pressure. So the Apostle Paul, watch this, is saying, I want you to stay under the pressure right now. I want you to stick with it. I want you to, when the pressure is there, I want you to stay under it. And here's what I'm understanding about how strength comes from waiting. Because pressure, pressure is, 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 is something that gives us strength when we resist it. In other words, think of it like this. Patience builds power through resistance to pressure. If you're taking notes, write that down or tweet it or do something. Patience builds power through resistance to pressure. I need, I need a strong volunteer. I need one strong volunteer. One of these two young men in the second row. Whichever of you is stronger. Could you the stronger? Could you the stronger of you two come up here? You guys need to arm wrestle for it? All right. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Come on up. Let's see what you got. All right. I want to show you something because this is, this is important. Patience builds power through resistance to pressure. Do you have any health issues that I need to know about before we do this? Okay. Um, all right. This is a 12-pound um, dumbbell. Okay, hold that for me, will you? It's not that heavy. It's about the it's about the it's about the weight of a, of a milk jug. Hold that one on that other hand for me. All right, it's about it's about the weight of a milk jug, right? Uh, uh, about the about the weight of a, uh, an average size house cat, a healthy, strong average. So it's it's, these are not, it's not that heavy, right? 
Okay, here's what I want you to do. Step out here just a little bit further, not too far. All right? Now, I want you to hold those weights out like this. Now. <laughs> All right, now. Now, let me show you what's going on. There's downward pressure from these weights. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, his shoulders, his deltoid muscles are holding up the, the pressure. They're staying up under the pressure to keep the weight up, right? And here's what's actually happening. How you feeling? Doing all right? Okay, good. Here's what's happening. When he's holding it out there like this, there are little, you got, oh, man, you're going twice. All right. There are little what they call micro tears happening right here in his deltoid. Little tiny, little tiny tears in the muscles, in the muscle fibers. Little tiny tears. Not big ones, just little ones. But we better put it down so there aren't any big ones. Um, and although those little tears are going to make him weaker momentarily, his arms are going to be weaker momentarily. He's not going to be able to hold them up very much longer, right? But after he rests and gets some nutrition, he's going to come back and his shoulders are going to be stronger. Why? Because they spent time resisting some pressure. Power is built through resistance to pressure. Patience, patience builds power through resistance to pressure. And here's what God is saying. God is saying when you stay up under it, when you stay up under it and you withstand the pressure and you are patient in affliction, when you wait on God in the times of trouble, when you don't try to slip out of it or duck out of it, he's actually going to build power in that time of pressure. He's strengthening you, even though you might be weak, weakened momentarily, you might experience a diminishment of your power temporarily. When you come back, I'll tell you what, Go home. When you get home today, you're going to be lifting milk jugs like nobody's business. You're going to just be walking them around. All right, can we give them a round of applause for... You're going to be sore tomorrow. You're going to be sore tomorrow, but you're going to be stronger tomorrow. Patience builds power through resistance to pressure. And in fact, think of it like this. Think of any area of your life where you are weak. Don't tell your neighbor what it is. Just you think about what is your weakest area of life. Is it in your relationship? Is it in your career? Is it in your finances? Is it in your, you know, whatever it is. Whatever your weakest area is, if you drill down on that weakness, you're going to find an element of impatience. Because, because impatience actually debilitates us. It weakens us. It makes us weaker. Because we don't, we don't practice getting up under the pressure, and we don't practice getting up under the pressure, then we're not strong when the pressure comes. Patience builds power through resistance to pressure. Think of it like this. I'll give you some examples. Debt. There are a lot of good reasons for debt, and there are some legitimate reasons for debt. But a lot of times, debt arises out of impatience in our life. Can I get, in, uh, can I get somebody to, right? Because we want something now for which we do not have the money to buy it now. But we want to get credit to buy it now, and we don't have money to buy it because we're impatient. We want it now. We don't have the money for it now, right? Now we're in a weaker position than we were before we bought the thing that we wanted to buy for which we didn't have the money. You see? Because now the Scripture says the borrower is servant to the lender. And so now we are in a weaker position because of our impatience. Impatience debilitates us, weakens us, disempowers us. Patience builds strength. Patience builds strength under pressure because then the creditor is going to charge you 16.7% interest on that thing that you bought for which you didn't have the money. So now you're going to get weaker and weaker. You're going to get in a weaker and weaker position because of impatience, right? Sometimes in relationships, it gets real quiet when I start like drilling down in the specifics. It's, that's okay. Uh, in relationships, 
There, a lot of times the reasons that we experience relationships breaking up and fracturing and divorce is because there's going to be some pressure in a relationship. There are going to be times in a relationship where there's going to be some, some pressure, some difficulty. And when you, when you withstand it, when you stay up under that pressure, when you work on it, when you develop it, then you get stronger in the relationship. But when you slip out from it and you duck out from it and you just leave it, right, then here's the problem. You haven't developed the spiritual muscle, the emotional muscle that you're going to need in the next relationship that you start. Because what you will find is that in the next relationship, there will be pressure. And it'll probably be very similar to the pressure that you experience in the current relationship. Come on, somebody. Leave me up here all by myself. Act like you don't even know what I'm talking about, right? And then you're in another relationship and you go, oh, man, I'm feeling the same pressure that I felt back then, but I didn't develop the power back then. And I don't, so now I got to determine whether I'm going to hold up under the pressure or not. Distraction comes from impatience. A lot of times we, we're on a path. We're on a mission. We got a purpose. We're going, but we get impatient. And we sideline, and we step out, and we step a different way, and we forget what we're focusing on because we get impatient. But patience builds power through resistance to pressure. So that's why the Scripture says you will renew your strength. you got to wait for it. Wait upon the Lord. Spend some time up under that pressure. Let it grow you. Let it develop you. Let it strengthen you. Here's the other thing it does. Here's the other thing that, uh, that uh, patience does. Patience builds confidence in your future when there's a deficit in your present. All right? Write that down if you're taking notes. Patience builds confidence in your future when there's a deficit in your present. Because the thing is with with impatience, the reason that we're all impatient, and I'm just speaking from the heart, the reason that we're all impatient is that we do not like uncertainty. We don't like uncertainty. We don't like not knowing what's going to happen. And so a lot of times we will take steps on our own to try to un- to try to control outcomes to try to control results. And we become impatient and we try to say, look, I'm just going to try to control the outcome of this situation. And, and, and because the reason we do that is we dislike uncertainty, right? We want to know the outcome. We want to see the outcome. We don't want to wait for it. We don't want to wait for it. Um, how many of you have ever pushed the button, the closed door button in an elevator? Anybody ever pushed the closed door button in an elevator? Okay. I'm going to just burst your bubble for a second here. I'm going to tell you something. Ever since 1990, those buttons in every elevator in the United States have done nothing when you push them. Since 1990. This is true. When the American with, uh, uh, with Disabilities Act was passed in 1990, uh, there was a law that said, okay, the elevators need to stay open a certain amount of time. So you need to go in and disengage those buttons on every elevator in the United States of America, people. I'm not, I'm not making this up, all right? Every elevator in the United States of America, that because you need time for people to come in with a wheelchair or if they're on crutches, right? So every time you go and push that button, it might light up. It might emit a nice ding. You know, some satisfying little bell will go off. But it actually does nothing to speed up the closing of the doors, just so you know. Let me tell you something else. Let me tell you something else. This is true. You know the crosswalk buttons at the crosswalks at the side? Now, now listen, some of them still work, but, but on average, about 80 to 90% of those do not do anything to speed up the light change. I don't, I don't, you don't have, you can Google this. Some of you are probably Googling it right now. Everybody under 20 is like totally Googling this right now. Is this true? Because here's the deal. 
traffic patterns, there's an algorithm that determines when those lights are going to change, green, red, yellow. That has nothing to do with you over here pushing this button 14,000 times, right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to push the button. I'm still going to push the button. I'm going to push it a bunch of times. I like it when it beeps, and I like the green light that comes because there was a red one. Now there's a green. I like all that. So there's, there's, some, there's some bells and whistles attached, but there's just no functionality attached to it, right? Because we would sometimes rather have the illusion of control than have the patience to wait on God's outcome in our life. We would rather, have, we would, we would rather push, push a button. A pl- they, you know what they call them? Placebo buttons. They literally call them placebo buttons, like a placebo pill. It might make you feel better by doing it, but it's not actually having any, any, any function whatsoever. It's not actually getting you closer to what you want to accomplish. It's a placebo button. In fact, there was a, uh, a psychologist from Harvard, Ellen Langer. She said this. These placebo buttons, she said, provide, and this I love this, quote, an illusion of control. How many of you know illusion of control? Sometimes you want, you, you'll do something because you need to do something. There's got to do something, right? It's an illusion of control. She said these buttons have a psychological effect because taking some action leads people to feel a sense of control, feel a sense of control. It's no actual control. You just feel like you're in control. A sense of control over a situation, and that feels good rather than just being a passive bystander. Doing something, she said, typically feels better than doing nothing, right? So, so we, wanna, we want the result right now. We want to see the result. We want to see the outcome right now. We, we're impatient. We want the, we want the, but it's an illusion. It's an illusion of control. When we do these things that we think are going to move us forward and God's saying, I need you to hold on because I've got, actually, this isn't my notes, not my notes. Do you know God works on a different time scale than you and me? He's, he's been around, just to say, a little longer than we have. Did you know, did you know that uh, we were talking about the, the, the tallest mountain the mountain chain in the world a few weeks ago, right? And uh, what is that? That's not the Alps. It's the, uh, what is it? The, what is it? Himalayas. Himalayas. Yeah, the Himalayas. Thank you. Thank you, David. The Himalayas. The Himalayas grow, they say, about one inch a year. One inch a year. Did you know that's the same, that's the same speed at which your toenails grow? Did you know that? I'm, just, man, I'm full of fun facts today. But listen, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> God's time scale is different from your time scale. He's been around for, the Himalayas didn't get to be 29,000 feet like that, right? There's, there, there's some time that goes into it. I, I completely lost my train of thought with the toenail thing. I, I went, here's what Romans says. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. You want the outcome now, but he's saying that's not hope. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. He says you got to wait for it. You see, patience builds confidence in the future even when there's a deficit in the present. I can't see it now. God, I can't see what you have for me a year from now. But but I'm going to wait for it. God, I can't see what you're going to have for our church a year from now. I, I don't get to know that. I don't get to know what you've got for, our, for my family a year from now. But i got to wait for it. Because waiting builds confidence in God for my future when there's a deficit in my present. When I don't know what's going on right now in my present. But the hard part is this. 
that patience is a process. There's a process involved. And we don't like the process. We like the outcome. We like the result. We like the end result. We just don't like the process. But there's a process to it. You know, it's like when, when, when somebody is a farmer, there's a, there's a planting, and the planting doesn't happen at the same time as the harvest. There's a process between the planting and the harvest. In fact, James, Jesus' brother, put it like this, and I love how he, he created this illusion, this, this uh, illustration. He said, see how the farmer awaits the precious fruit of the soil? See how they wait for it? See how patient he is for the fall and the spring rains? See how they do that? He says, you too, be patient. Be patient and strengthen, you see? There's, there's power in patience. Be patient and strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. Faith plants the seed, but patience bears the fruit. Faith plants the seed, but patience bears the fruit. You know, if you try to speed up the opening of the bloom of a flower, you're going to destroy it because it's on its own time. There's a process. If you, try to open, if you try to help a butterfly out by breaking open the chrysalis, you're going to destroy the butterfly because there's a process. You're going to try to speed it up, but there's a process, right? If you try to help a little, little chick out of a little egg when, the, when, that, when that little chick is being hatched, you try to help them out, you're going to, you're going to damage that chick. You might kill that chick because there's a process. And, and, and God is saying, look, there's a process. It's like there's a planting season, right? And then there's a watering season, Right? And there's a nourishing season, and there's a waiting season. And if you'll, do, if you'll wait for it, if you'll wait for the Lord, you will experience a harvest season. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. But you've got to wait for it. You've got to wait for it. We don't like to wait. He's saying, look, there's a strength, there's a power that comes in waiting. When I was a kid, and I'm going to close with this. When I was a kid, I worked for a short time in the hayfields. In, in, uh, in Caldwell, Idaho, and I loved my job. But one thing that I really loved, I really, really enjoyed working with the farmers because these farmers had a, they had a more laid-back, relaxed attitude about life than I did at 14 years old because, you know, they had experienced what it was like to plant, and they had experienced what it was like to water, and they had experienced what it was like to wait for it And then they had experienced what it was like to harvest. And not just one season. Over and over and over and over. God is saying to somebody today, there's things in your life, there are things in your life that you want to see come to fruition right now. The uncertainty is uncomfortable. It's difficult. The pressure is great. But wait for it. Wait for it. I want to read you one more scripture. This is from the Psalms. Psalm 130 says this. I wait for the Lord. And then I love the phrase he adds here. My whole being waits. My heart waits. My mind waits. My body waits. My decisions wait. My whole being, my soul waits on you. That means expects, hopes, believes, trusts. My whole being waits on you. And in your word, I will put my hope. I wait for the Lord. And this phrase is amazing. More than watchmen wait for the morning. If you didn't catch it, I'm going to say it again. More than watchmen 
wait for the morning. The watchman knows the morning's going to come because it's always come. It's going to come again. If you trust in God, you can be confident with the, of the outcome even though you don't know what it is. God keeps coming through. He keeps coming through. He keeps coming through. Put your faith in Him. Put your hope in Him. Wait for it. Wait for it. Now, some of you are thinking right now, gosh, this is true. I believe this. I just haven't lived it. I've made some impatient decisions. I've gone down some wrong paths. I've actually hit some dead ends. Because of my impatience, I got distracted. I couldn't hold up under the pressure. I couldn't stand up under the weight. And I made some bad decisions. And those bad decisions were worse than doing nothing. They actually set me back. Further than I was before I made the bad decision. Because I couldn't wait for it. Here's the really, really good news about the gospel. I know that right now we're celebrating that Jesus came and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and he was laid in a manger, right? But the whole reason we celebrate that is, is because of what, not just the beginning of his life, but what he did at the end of his life. Because the scripture says that your guilt and your shame and your sin and your bad decisions and your sense of unworthiness and your pain and your grief and your sorrow were laid upon his shoulders. You know what he did? He stretched him out. He stretched him out and he held him up. And he carried him all the way to the cross. He didn't want to carry them all the way to the cross because the pressure was great. In fact, the, the pressure was so great upon his shoulders that the scripture says that he went to a garden to pray to the Father and he said, Father, and, and, and it was a crushing weight. In fact, the scripture says that he was sweating, as it were, great drops of blood. The pressure was so intense. He prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to carry the pressure. I don't want to stay up under this weight. I don't want to. It's too great. It's too much. And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he took the weight of your sin and your shame and your mistakes and your impatience and your distraction and your flaws and your issues and your stuff and he carried it up to the cross and it was crucified to the cross it was crucified to the cross and it was taken down and it was buried in the ground so that you can be free so that you can have life so that you can have hope so today as we move closer and closer to celebrating Christmas and we think about his coming and we think about his coming in the flesh and we meditate upon his coming into our hearts and we meditate upon his coming back in glory and in victory as the king of kings and lord of lords in the meantime wait for it wait for it there's power in patience they that wait upon the lord will renew their strength so wait for it wait for it Wait for it. Let's stand together.